in the hobby. It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking that we could pull, I don't know, Hall of Famer. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com. The only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. There is nothing more fun than opening an Arena Club slab pack. I mean, it is so much better than any mystery pack that I've ever purchased because there is a focus on transparency. There is a display of available cards. There are hit rates you can get. When you're graded, you're given a rationale. It is the marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, and displaying. Arena Club Slab Packs are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your pulls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. You can have them officially graded by Arena Club. The Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent, with a full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. Whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash badmoney. Wow, that's a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack, that's $40 right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash badmoney for 10% off your first purchase. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You got problems that you ought to be concerned with. Hoorah! You don't know how you're supposed to earn it or what to do with it or how to keep it. You're a freak with a dark, shameful secret. But you're not the only one. Get your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun. Now your healing has begun. It's bad with money with Gabe S. Done. Hello and welcome to Bad With Money, a show about finances and feelings where we don't talk down to you. I'm Gabe S. Dunn, your host. Here's a fun thing I'm doing because this video is available on Patreon at patreon.com slash Gabe S. Dunn. So anyone who looks at the Patreon will see the little motion I'm doing. If not, you can just listen to this. So thank you to everyone who wrote in or called in this week. You can write in at GabeIsBadWithMoney at gmail.com. You can also send me a voice memo there. Because we got a good one for this week, baby. Okay, so let's read this first email about ADHD and snail mail. Hi, Gabe. I'm not sure if anyone has written in about this, but can we talk about ADHD, snail mail, and finances? To jump right in, both my husband and I have ADHD and become really overwhelmed by physical papers. So snail mail is an absolute nightmare. Plus, my husband is super avoidant of mail due to anxiety. So if I don't open it up, it stays unopened in a pile in our house. And over the years we have been together, we have gathered a lot of mail that we don't know what to do with. I like to shred the junk mail that has my name and address on it, but I don't do it often. So just looking at the larger and larger pile of accumulated mail became so overwhelming, we collectively avoided opening mail for multiple years, unless it was tax season, we opened those. Well, a few months ago, I had the brilliant idea to get a document scanner 
and an external hard drive to scan all the important mail and then shred it, since organizing virtual documents is much less overwhelming. But now the issue is that I'm going through a backlog of mail. I'm currently working on scanning stuff from 2021. Holy shit. And I am finding things I need to take immediate action on, and it's years too late. These are mostly documents about rolling over retirement savings from old employers. For context, I quit two different jobs in 2021. Now I'm reading the information on these rollover documents and realizing I missed out on a lot of money, either because of fees I didn't realize would be applied or because I waited too long and forfeited the employer match that had been paid in the account. It really just sucks because if physical mail and papers weren't so overwhelming to my brain, I wouldn't have missed out on all that money. And to be honest, I'm not done with the backlog of mail, so I don't even know how much money I lost. I don't really have a solution or anything. I just wanted to share my experience and maybe find out I'm not alone in this. Anyway, love the pod, Elise. Oh, man. Yeah, I totally feel that. A lot of people have trouble with the mail. Um, And like, it really should be more commonplace for these companies to email you. I don't know why they would rely on snail mail for that. Like, could get lost. You could, I mean, you could just have moved. Like, it's not that reliable. So, yeah, I mean, you can't go back in time. You can only move forward from what you know now. And it sounds like the document scanner and the hard drive are a good fix. Um, also, I'm proud of you for going through this this huge pile of mail, especially from 2021. It's just unfair. A lot of stuff isn't built for neurodivergent people. The world isn't built for neurodivergent people. So I am sorry this happened. Maybe there's a way to call and just like say it got lost or you didn't know about it or something. I wouldn't I wouldn't discount calling and just being like, this mail got lost or we put it somewhere. I don't know, but I'm realizing it now. And is there anything we can do? You know, I mean, why not? The worst they can, the worst they can say is no. So I don't know. Give it a try. Why not? Or even just say like, hey, don't even say what happened. Just say, I'm calling about my, you know, employee match or whatever, employer match, and then see if they're like, oh yeah, we have that here or something, you know? Maybe don't even give them the opportunity to be like, it came in the mail. Just be like, oh, I didn't even know. I mean, I'm advocating lying, but I'm just saying. The mail's not reliable. So you could be telling the truth. Okay, here's an email from Marianne. Dear Gabe, I first encountered you as a guest on Yo Is This Racist. Oh, shout out to Yo Is This Racist, Andrew and Tawny. Andrew and Tawny, yeah. And have been a Bad With Money fan from the start. Hey, nice. I'm also an economist and Protestant pastor. Yes, weird combo. Good economics and good theology go together well, though. I have very much appreciated your handling of our culturally and morally overloaded concerns about debt. And I hope I may be helpful in clarifying what borrowing and lending essentially are. First, while borrowing can, I gather, be a problematic compulsive behavior, and while in thin markets for debt lenders can be blackmailers, there's nothing inherently moral or immoral about debt. Okay, for an individual, when you borrow, you are trading tomorrow's income for today's consumption. Is that a terrible idea? Sometimes, of course, and it depends what you're borrowing to finance but it's not problematic as a thing itself. Borrowing to invest and thus increase expected future income from which you can anticipate repaying the debt is often a hell of a good idea. Should people have to save up Harvard tuition out of McDonald's wages before they go? Probably not, though likely another institution might be a better bargain. Should people keep paying rent until they can pay cash to purchase a dwelling? Almost surely not. I note that borrowing in order to survive is an investment, though no one talks about that. And that's true whether it means borrowing in order to remain housed and fed or borrowing in order to have a needed surgical procedure. When you save, you're foregoing current expenditure or investment in order to finance future purchases. Is that a good idea? Not necessarily. Saving for a house down payment or dependence education or other prospering or your retirement is usually a great idea. 
But if you rationally expect your income to grow over time, why should poor today you provide for rich tomorrow you? No good reason. Of course, you may be saving today because you don't particularly want to buy stuff today. That's fine. And if you do this, you probably value the interest. And that's fine too. But where does interest in your savings come from? Why should anyone pay interest? It's because people in firms who borrow today value their ability to borrow from their future selves by borrowing from you. While it can be efficient for an individual to move resources along their own timeline, it is also extremely efficient for people with good investment projects they can't finance themselves to get financing from others who have no projects of their own to fund. That's why it's desirable to support education for children and adults on a social level. That's why the government does the immense amount of regulation and monitoring to support lending to new and small firms and does some of that lending itself. I could go on about lending markets, thickness and market perfection, and how things pan out depending on those aspects of debt markets, but I'll relent for now. Let me know what you want to hear about that. What I'm hoping to do here is help terrorized people to move the topic of debt from the realm of unthinkable agony, avoidance, and guilt into a cooler analytical realm, which I absolutely promise is a legit framing. Your fan, Marianne. Wow. Thank you, Marianne. I think maybe something about you being a pastor, like, you know, debt is something that is treated very morally in the Bible. So I like the idea that you're a pastor talking about this. And if you want to come on the show, actually, Marianne, write in. If you want to come on the show, I would love to talk to you about religion and money. I think that's a topic we should really cover. And also, like, let me know if you agree with Marianne. I think it's a risk because you don't know what future you will have. But I'm also curious in that framing because I guess people invest in other stuff. So you're kind of investing in yourself. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Everything is more expensive these days when you're running a business, and you would be wise to find proven ways to cut costs and boost performance at the same time. The fact that you are able to reduce your IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud is incredible, and the ability to access your cloud financial system from anywhere saves you so much time and stress. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash badwithmoney, netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. NetSuite.com slash bad with money. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. You guys know that I have had allergies for forever. I've had seasonal allergies since I was a kid. It causes pressure in my face, under my eyes. They're my ultimate handbrake. When my nose is plugged up, I feel like I can't do anything. I can't enjoy food because I can't taste it. I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even host this show because my voice sounds like a duck. And listen, I am already dealing with vocal strain from testosterone and my voice dropping. I don't need any more problems with allergies. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. 
Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I've been taking Claritin D for allergies like probably for the last 10 years or something, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can go outside without my eyes watering like a fountain. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped in my throat. I get really embarrassed when I'm sneezing all the time. I have like an itchy nose or throat, like ugh, like just the, the itchiness in the back of your sinuses is like so distracting and so annoying. And I get like pressure in my ears too. It's really painful. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a new candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. It would be so much easier if I was looking for someone to help me with sweetening audio or let's say someone to run my merch shop or all the little things that go into running a podcast. Usually something like that would be so slow and overwhelming. And honestly, I wish I had used Indeed and I will use Indeed in the future. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash badwithmoney right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, here is Maddie with a rant from Australia. Hello, Gabe and co. Sorry, but maybe not sorry about this very long voice memo. Please enjoy and do with it what you will. Probably cut it down because it's so long. Adore the show and JBU. I've been a fan from the BuzzFeed days and as a queer, polyamorous, gender fluid, autistic thingamabob, your content has always meant a lot to me. My partner is officially going through the name change process as we speak, just as you have been in the podcast timeline. I know it's not easy to share about yourself, and especially with all the darkness in the world. Thanks for being a bright spark for me often and in many ways. The many little drinks around me I raise to you. Maddie. Yeah! Having multiple drinks is queer culture, baby. Having a Red Bull, a coffee, a water, a soda. You gotta have multiple beverages. Because you never know what you're gonna feel like in that moment. Hello, Gabe and friends. My name is Maddie. I am voice memoing you from NAM, also known as Melbourne, Australia. You can try 
write and copy the accent if you want to. Yeah, the world is intense everywhere, you know, cost of living crisis. It's happening here too, baby. As has everyone else, you know, we do have a better healthcare system and welfare system. Sorry not to brag. I, I know you know. Despite that, despite how scary America sounds, the dystopia really persists over here. The NDIS, the National Disability Insurance Scheme. So it's this big across the whole country way that people basically get um, not disability benefits in terms of income, but like how you pay for your um, like stuff to do with your disability, whether, you know, you need a wheelchair or you need like a support worker, whatever it is, like all those things. I'm an occupational therapist. So this is my like, do a lot of this sort of stuff. I work in mental health specifically, which they deem a psychosocial disability. And that was basically tacked on, like, basically they were like designing the NDIS and then they were like, oh yeah, people with mental illness, I guess that's a thing. And they kind of like just threw it in there like it got tacked on last minute and it, and it shows. Don't get me started. I'm not even talking about the mental illness part today. It's like, but my little brother, he has a disability, lifelong disability. That's, that's, that's what they meant to help with in the past when he was a child. There was a different disability system, right? It depended on where you lived. It was like state by state and the funding really changed, depend, like really dependent on where you live. You could move suburb and it would like be different, right? So like when we moved when I was a kid, like my parents had to think about like, uh, is the suburb we're going to fund it enough like for disability services like it's it's not good anyway the system was never good before and then they brought in this NDIS sort of thing that made it like everyone has their own package of money and blah 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 when we first got it, it was really good we got like way more funding than he previously got funding that if he had gotten up much earlier in life you know like would have been really great but we didn't get it then did we the system got a lot of fraud in it like a lot of people like just basically taking advantage of the system while people who like need the support the system is so convoluted that they can't get what they need basically again my brother is sort of fortunate enough that we advocate for him like you know I'm an OT my, my dad's become a support worker later in life so is my other brother my mum's in like a health field as well like we're pretty knowledgeable we got an offer for him to move into a disability specific house which was great this was like the long-term plan for him he's about 21 now and it's not my parents aren't coping with him at home basically especially my mum she's not able to really cope with him at all anymore like it's just very hard for her to to manage him she's getting older and stuff and kind of more frail my dad is also might have early parkinson's and like can't you know it's not viable for him to stay at home basically and also you know he's 21 he's allowed to live outside of our house safely with other people like that's normal that's fine i hate that i just use the word normal ignore that please anyway we we got the offer of this house he met the criteria we applied they denied us they denied our application we appealed that and they denied us again then we had to go to like a tribunal they have a lawyer they tell you that you don't need a lawyer you won't be a disadvantaged if you don't have a lawyer but by oh my god we got a lawyer because like what else are you gonna do so fortunately family helped us basically pay those lawyer fees again we 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 are as knowledgeable as anyone about this system do you know what i mean like we work in this system and we were still confused. We still couldn't get what we needed. Anyway, eventually they turned around and agreed with us. And a year after getting the house offer, almost losing the place in the house that was going to be like his home for the rest of his life and was like, you know, better quality, you know, and and then you send your person to one of these homes, right? You don't know what you're getting into. This one was really good. Like this was like a once in a million, once in a lifetime offer, right? Like we could not miss this. Luckily, we managed to fight it. We managed to get the money. But like it was it was hell. Like it was awful and we were so out of control of the situation. It's just, you know, I know you've talked about disability on the show and stuff before, but yeah, being uh, sat like a carer to someone is also like 
just just hell like it just sucks anyway and then in the last couple of weeks like we've we've got it approved he's moving in soon it's it's exciting it's emotional like to see your brother move out obviously and but also like in the last few weeks in the news and the media they're talking about how the ndis spends too much money and they need to cut funds even though there's people not getting the support they need like they're not funding people who deserve the funding and then other people like it's just not it's not a system like i've known of people who have been assessed by their assessors who have come along and like said to someone with down syndrome where when did you get down syndrome like they just don't know what they're talking about at all appreciate the show even though you tend to have people on who are obviously from the u.s i know you've tried to broaden that quite a lot and you still have really diverse people on and i really appreciate that and i've learned a lot despite being all the way over here thank you so much for writing in maddie and thank you so much for your detail life is hard you know what i mean like you clearly have multiple things going on i think The majority of financial advice or financial systems and services account for the idea that you might have one problem or that you might have one need for financial assistance or for systemic assistance. But if someone has multiple, there there really is not a lot of support for that. So thank you so much for writing in. And I would love to hear any updates you have about what's going on with your family. Hey guys, Gabe Dunn here. I just wanted to let you guys know that I have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Gabe S. Dunn. And on that Patreon, I'm going to start doing live hangs with everyone who is a patron. So if you want to join the Patreon, you can get all these episodes ad free, videos of our mailbag episodes, extra writing from me, blogs, fiction, other stuff, things that I'm thinking about with regards to money and personal stories. And also now live hangs with me on Zoom once a month. So join the Patreon. And if you're not a member of the Discord, hop on over to the Discord. That's free. The link will be in the description. It's so fun. So many of you guys talk over there. It's like truly popping off. Um, And if you're on the Discord, I would love to see you in the live hang. So I get to put a face to a name. So yeah, please join patreon.com slash Gabe S. Dunn and come hang out with me. Managing my finances is incredibly stressful and time-consuming. I'm sure you guys know. You've been with me on this journey. You know how many finance apps I've tried. You know how much they haven't worked for me. And I'm always on the hunt for a finance app that fits my life. And then I tried Monarch. It is so easy to use with powerful features, collaboration tools, intuitive design, personalization, constant product improvements. I really value an app that allows me to do all of this without confusion. And especially important to me is intuitive design and the ability to personalize because clearly finance is not one size fits all. Did you know that money issues are a leading cause of divorce? Monarch, the top rated personal finance app, also has built in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. Together, you can see all your finances, collaborate on your budget, and get insights on your cash flow and recurring transactions. It's the easiest way to manage your household finances. Are you saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation? Monarch makes it so easy to help you reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Have you been frustrated with personal finance apps that are cluttered with ads, difficult to use, rarely updated? So was Monarch. They built a new kind of personal finance app that's intuitive and powerful and ad-free and constantly improving based on customer feedback. Experience a personal finance app that prioritizes the user experience above all else. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. 
Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. Plus, there's ad-free privacy you can trust. We will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash badmoney for your extended 30-day free trial. I love to track progress. As you guys know from listening to this show, I'm constantly tracking my progress. What have we done so far in 2024? And spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans like for a car or a home. You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. That's right, you can build your credit using your own money. Get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. With a qualifying direct deposit, you can get access to your money sooner. Fee-free overdraft with SpotMe. Overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualified direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. Access 60,000 plus fee-free ATMs. That's more than the top three national banks combined. Easily find one near you with the Chime app. Send and receive money. Use Chime to pay anyone, Chime members or not, and cash out your money fee-free. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started at Chime.com slash badmoney. That's Chime.com slash badmoney. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. Okay, here's our final email of this episode. Hi, Gabe and Melissa. Please call me G or your alias of choice. My name is G, he, him, and I've been following you and Allison since the YouTube days. I actually recently made my first email to JBU the other week to give some subreddit recommendations. I have both of the two YA novels you wrote together, and I listened to your scribbed Bad With Money update. That being said, I have not read your Bad With Money book, but plan to. That's really funny. You read the update without reading the book. Anyway, Ironically, I haven't ever been bad with money, probably in large part due to cis white male privilege and having fairly fiscally responsible parents. I listen to your podcast because I love the topics and I love your humor and anarchism. Ha ha, but less because I feel like I need the financial advice. No offense. None taken. Anyway, I'm emailing because I also recently had a gay divorce. We weren't married, but had been together for over 10 years and had recently, about two years ago, bought a house together-ish. We were both cis men and had two cats together. Things were relatively amicable. We wanted to put it in writing that we didn't owe each other any money after an exchange settlement was made, weren't liable to any of each other's debts, and of course, custody of the cats. I'm not sure if there would have been legal standing for some claim of splitting property or something, but because we'd been together so long, shared a good amount of finances, and had claimed each other as domestic partners, 
for purposes like insurance, though we were not registered as domestic partners, I felt that there was at least enough for a potentially expensive legal dispute. I found a divorce settlement template online and changed it to Domestic Partnership Settlement Agreement, LOL, and we edited the document and then initialed and signed it through DocuSign. I'm not a lawyer, so I can't say for sure it would hold up in my state, but I do feel hopeful that the document would at least make it hard for the potential settlement of a legal dispute to be worth the trouble and legal fees of pursuing one should it ever come to that. A tricky part of it was that the house was in my name only. We had verbally agreed that everything would be fairly 50-50, but due to COVID-19 related things, he happened to be unemployed at the time of purchase, so wouldn't have been able to be on the financing. He did get a job by the time we closed. For most of the relationship, after college at least, I had been the breadwinner and had even chose to pay over $20,000 in his graduate school tuition, which only covered maybe 20 to 30% of the total costs. He did get loans for the rest. At the time, I was making stupid money from a tech job, so it didn't seem like that big of a deal, and I was prepared to lose it if I had to. I'm also pretty sure I paid more than 50% in closing costs, but unfortunately did not document that well. We did, however, pay all housing expenses equally after closing. However, at the time of the breakup, I was making substantially less money than at earlier times because I made a career pivot, and he was actually making an almost equal salary to myself. It left me slash us with an interesting ethical and moral dilemma, as I'm not really sure what my legal obligation was, but I didn't want to feel like I was taking advantage of the situation, i.e. keeping the house and not paying back shared equity. We ultimately decided that I would keep the car in the house and I would pay him half our equity we'd accumulated based on rough appraisals. This was actually a good chunk of money, close to 30K, because house prices went up substantially since we bought in 2020. Toward the end, I felt a bit troubled, feeling like I was maybe letting my guilt as the dumper cloud my judgment and pay too much, especially considering how I'd helped with tuition. And at the time, it seemed like a student debt cancellation was imminent. Spoiler, it was not. But of course, it's complicated by the fact that if he'd been employed when we first sought financing, we probably would have, or at least tried to, have the house in both our names. So it would feel unethical to treat it differently just because he happened to be unemployed for those couple of months, especially since it was due to COVID. The car was actually in both our names, so I had to refinance it in order to remove his liability. Luckily, this was rather painless, but did unfortunately raise my interest rate about 1%. Oh, and the cats of it all. The main point of issue was that if whoever was taking care of the cats died or became incapacitated, we wanted the other to have first claim of ownership rather than parents or siblings. We both agreed that the cat should stay with me initially since I was keeping the house. And for a hot minute, he agreed, even though he was sad, to just let me keep them. However, we were still living together for two to three months after the breakup and before completion of the settlement. And during this time, there were some emotional moments during which he said he no longer trusted me to take care of the cats. I still kept them after he moved out since his new place doesn't allow pets and he was planning to move to another state soon anyway. So it would take him time to get set up in a way that he could care for the cats. So anyway, I ended up writing a clause in the statement that basically said I would be immediately the cat's caretaker and that he had a year to make a special claim for the cats, whereby we agreed to reach a settlement about them. After a year, he made no such claim and I would be the cat owner outright and it would be like any other matter of private property, i.e. he doesn't have any special claim to ownership, but I could still independently agree to give them to him if I wanted to. Again, I have no idea if this is legitimate legally, but it seemed responsible to me. I personally doubt that he will make a claim on the cats, but we'll cross that bridge if and when we get there. As much as I love the cats, I know he would take good care of them too. I'm glad to have it past me and I think we handled it well, all things considered. I'm curious what you think of this situation, especially considering your breakup with beep. Do you think I handled it ethically or could I have been more or less generous? In the end, I ended up paying him the lower end of 20K to 30K. And for perspective, the house was appraised at the mid 200,000s. Based on my very limited knowledge of your split, I think my position might be more comparable to Mal's since it sounds like they are keeping the house and yours to my exes. So I'm curious about your perspective. 
I took a lot of your advice into account when writing such a formal settlement agreement because things were fairly amicable. I didn't think either of us would go after each other for anything, but who knows? One of us could have a mental breakdown in three years and do weird stuff, or one of us could die and our siblings or parents could go mad and go after us for some reason. In these unlikely scenarios, I would hope this agreement would nip a dispute like that in the bud. I also used to have a free trial of DocuSign to sign documents, so we have legitimate digital copies. We probably should have had it notarized, but I got lazy towards the end. In retrospect, I do wish we'd been as diligent with documentation before closing the house, but what can we do? Anyway, thanks for reading the long email. I would be thrilled if you read it in a mailbag. I attached a censored copy of the settlement agreement I worked up. You might find it interesting and feel free to share with listeners for whatever reason. Of course, with the caveat that I am not a lawyer and it's definitely not legal advice. Lovingly, G. Quick follow-up, I realized I wrote scribe up instead of scribed. Scribe up is actually a potentially good financial tool for tracking subscriptions that supposedly have a good rewards program. However, the jury is still out on my using it. I'm going to say that my position is actually closer to your exes in terms of financial, perhaps, disadvantagement. I can't speak on it more yet. But, you know, if you guys are amicable, I think, I think that's reasonable. But my situation is less amicable. So I don't know. And also, I looked at your domestic partner agreement that you sent me. And I'm also not a lawyer, but I think your agreement was way more thorough and way more enforceable and way more put together than my agreement. I'll say that. I'll say that I'm having more trouble than you seem to be having, but it, it is worth noting that even if you aren't married, but you own property together, shit can still hit the fan. And I would advise, I mean, I, you know, I hear friends of mine say, well, what if I buy a, uh, I want to buy a house with my friend. I want to buy a house with my friend. And like, sure. But also just people act really, really differently when money is involved, really differently. So protect yourself as much as possible, even though you're like, we'll never fight. I love this person. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. You can become a patron at patreon.com slash Gabe S. Dunn. Also write into the show at, Gabe is bad with money at gmail.com. You can follow me at Gabe S. Dunn on Instagram and at BWM pod on Instagram. And also there's a discord you can follow in the link in the description. Thank you so much. I will let you go into your Friday. Love you. Bye. Bad with money with Gabe Shane Dunn is a production of noted bisexual produced by Melissa D. Monts and Diamond M. Print Productions edited by Diane King post production sound by Coco Lorenz and music by Mike Kaplan, Zach Sherwin, and Jack Dolgen, as sung by Sam Barbera. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.